tacos and sushi, tacos and sushi, tacos and sushi, and antidepressants. What a combo. <laughs> and just like that combo, we're going to combo the last two games together into one episode. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I'm your host, Roscoe, and I'm joined by most of the gang here. We got Sadi, we got Steph the Fanalist, and we got the Galaxy Bean himself. Beaner, how's it going, everybody? It good. <laughs> Do you guys need some some tacos and sushi and antidepressants too? My All two the favorite things. That's three things. Um, three hey, great That's how badly she needs them. That's just two right now. <laughs> I was not expecting that video. You're like preparing this. I don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, tacos and sushi. <laughs> and antidepressants. Yeah, I don't know. I just found that one today, and that one really um, it really hit me in the, the Instagram's learning me, you know? Like, oh. the, it hit me in that, that algorithm feels of like, oh, thanks. Thanks for this one. Wait till you get to TikTok, and you realize that all the Instagram reels are super fucking old. Oh, yeah. They're <laughs> just rehashed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how about we start with uh, start one, bench one, cut one. Tacos, sushi, and um, what's another? What's a good third one there? Shawarma? Damn. <laughs> Tacos, sushi, and... Shawarma, I think, is the... Sure. Yeah. Why not? Or like, how about we've we've added shawarma in conversations. Let's do like burgers and fries, tacos, okay. sushi, and burgers and fries. Because I know there's all three of those things in one plaza beside my house. <laughs> this is how you choose. Yeah. So start one, bench one, cut one. Who wants to start it off? Oh, everybody is so active today. So we're gonna start with Beaner. How about you? <laughs> oh, jeez. That's what I was um, gonna say. <laughs> I'm going to have to start burgers and fries because you didn't get specific. There's no restrictions. And if you do burgers and fries, you're pretty much wide open for everything. If you're not feeling meat, you could even do a portobello burger. Um, so I'm going to start burgers. I'm going to bench tacos because tacos are amazing. We actually had tacos tonight for supper. Nice. Nice. And then, yeah, sushi can go. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, I'm not going to, you know what? I think there's I'm a fair a argument for either. all of these. So it's really going to yeah. depend on how you guys are going to back this up. So, uh, Steph, you you feel like you got something going on here. What, what are you feeling? It's hard because everything has such a wide range and you can customize it to any sort of combination. You can even get um, sushi burritos, <laughs> like a spinoff on, get out of you here. know. I mean, hand come rolls on. are one thing, but like a sushi burrito, come on. Oh, they're so good. But oh, my heart lies with sushi, guys. Like, I'm a sushi fanatic. I love sushi. All you can eat all day long. I wish they had like nighttime places you can go to because they usually close super early and there's never a place open like at midnight or 3 a.m. And I think that would be awesome after a night out uh, if your stomach can ham- handle it. Um <laughs> see like with tacos i'm not a fan of the hard shell i like a burrito bowl nowadays so i could save some for later instead of eating a whole baby very true (laughs) 
man, when those burritos show up, it is like a child. Like, you know, it's it all, is. all like uh, swaddled up. and <laughs> It's you know. a burrito baby. And the smallest one still is like five pounds. And then what was the other thing? Burgers and fries. Something I, you know, refuse to order at a restaurant because I can make it at home. But unless it's really good. Okay, got to start sushi. I'm going to actually... Did you say you can make burgers and fries at home? Yeah. Do you have a deep fryer? Yeah. No, you bake the fries in the Then oven. you can kind of make burgers and fries at home. It's like when they say, like, Mom, we, I want McDonald's. You know, we have McDonald's at home. And McDonald's at home is a tray of kind of burnt <laughs> brown fries that came out of a McCain bag. I'm not, like, hating on baked fries. But, like, you have to admit there is a very, very clear difference between deep fried and baked fries. Fair. Fair. I think we got to do one of these with different kinds of fries from different places because they Ooh. vary. But, um, okay, start sushi. A good mythical morning over here. Bench. <laughs> burgers okay i'll bench the burgers and fries and then i'll cut the tacos because i'll just never take a hard shell see hard shell is where you're you're not thinking of like going out for tacos like if you're going out and getting tacos they're not hard shell they're the soft shell little ones with like cool stuff if you're going authentic at least so the i want to hear yours before i go off (laughs) (sighs) My stomach is so uneasy right now. This topic is not <laughs> doing it for me. We can, I'm going to cut them all. <laughs> cut them all, okay. Pepto-bismol. Um, Fair but enough. No, if I have to go, I'm starting tacos. I find they're the most versatile. If you have vegan friends, vegetarian friends, not a problem. Yeah. This is a very good point. Very good. Uh, yeah. Burgers, I'll probably go on my bench. Steph is right. You can't make them at home. If you have an air fryer, you don't need a deep fryer. That too. They work almost just as good. And sushi, I find you kind of have to have like the right spot for it and be in the right mood for it. You're not going to like pound sushi after a night of drinking or something like that. <laughs> so yeah, they're riding the they're, they're cut. So nice. I after I have the advantage of listening to all your arguments because this is a tough one. I'm going to go yeah. with with Southies here. I'm going to start tacos because I feel like. There aren't really, at least here in Ottawa, there's a lot of, and I feel like this has only happened recently, there's a lot of authentic Mexican food here that's all really good. And uh, there's one place, I forget which one, might be El Camino, where you can get um, this one taco that's like, I know this sounds insane, but it's pork head tacos. Okay. So it's, if you can imagine, it's like pulled pork, but super crispy. And oh my God, they're so good. Just I don't know. I've had really good tacos and I haven't really had that many bad ones. Sushi is one of those things where it can be really good, but can also be really bad. I feel like the range of potential on sushi is the widest of these three. So I'm going to cut sushi and I'll bench burgers. It's not worth the risk. Yeah, it's it's really not like (laughs) there's some if you find a place that's good for sushi, like hold on to it for dear life and don't let it die. Don't let it go out of business. Patronize your favorite places. But uh, yeah, burgers and fries, I'd say you can't go wrong, but I find that the overall price of burgers and fries has gone up to the point where it's like not as quick a fast thing anymore. Like it's kind of on par with you have to think about everything that's available around you instead of just like, I want something cheap. I'm going to grab a burger. It's like, well, if I'm already spending like 16 bucks, I might as well look at what else is around here. It's no longer the cheaper option. Exactly. No. 
Yeah, you go to Jack Astor's or something, burger and fries, like 20 bucks or more. Uh, There's specialty, of course, and that's when I'll order it, right? When you get like fancy shit on it or a portobello burger. I love that. Yeah. But um, I feel like also since Five Guys came up, there's been a lot of these independent kind of chains of of burger places. Like here we've got um, there's this one, the burgery around the corner. Um, There's burgers and fries forever. And there's you know, the works and all these places that just do burgers. And I feel like they're kind of skewing the market to uh, more expensive things. And it allows fast food places to justify like, ah, oh, we bumped it up to a couple bucks more. Anyway, this is not another, what you guys come here for. <laughs> another reason for my taco cut, I just came to mind, is that the I can probably count on one hand the amount of things I don't like to eat. One of them is cilantro. I knew you were going to say that. Oh. And... I fucking can't stand cilantro. It's a genetic it's thing. it's made with everything. It's made in every Mexican dish almost. And oh, yeah. the second I taste it, it's like, Ugh! it's ruined. Uh, ruined for me. This is so. one I, I, most of the time when people are like, oh, I don't like this thing. I'm like, come on, are you five? Like just, you, you <laughs> haven't had it made right or you're just, it's a texture thing, which I do get because I don't like certain things because of a texture, but like the taste of things, come on. But um yeah, that's one that's a genetic thing, the cilantro. So I, I give people a pass on that. If it tastes like soap to you, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. I have some friends where, like, no matter what I'm making for dinner, they'll be like, is there cilantro? And it's like, why would there be cilantro in this? I don't know, but you put it in everything. I do make Mexican food a lot. No, people put oh, onions yeah. in everything, and it's absolutely, at, like, stupid. That don't is a childish response, Bean. Um, no, that no. is the kid in you. Yes, it is. Saying no to onions, if, you need to if, man up and eat the onion. If people's it cooking ruins the flavor of everything, if people's cooking is not great and there's a bunch of onion in something and they're not cooking it properly and it's like basically raw onions, then yeah, that's that's a, a faux pas, and I'm with you there. Yeah. Do you like onion rings? Onion rings are one of those things where there's we had this no. discussion. So we we Sadie and I talked about this on the way up to Quebec City when we stopped to get onion rings at A and W. I like A&W's onion rings. I like Harvey's onion rings. The seasoning salt on them. I know. Sometimes they overdo it and it's like way too salty. But I like onion rings that are crispy. I don't like the ones that are like the big, what do they call them? Like the doughy ones. Yeah. I don't like those beef steak ones or whatever. They're not good. Yeah. Okay. Which is why I also don't like blooming onions because I find more of it is soggy than crispy. So Not good. Yeah. You're not wrong. Okay. Let's talk about hockey. You guys ready? Yes. Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Yeah, new intro that I just made 10 minutes ago. Let's do it. Sweet. Damn, uh, young Timberland in the house. <laughs> we needed a change. It's been a while. And uh, this sounds like something that you would hear in the arena. So I thought it was more hockey appropriate. Let's do it. If anyone doesn't know, that's Ross Crow's uh, DJ name. No, it's not. <laughs> or your old player name. Young Timberland. <laughs> that was just like more of a bio. Like whatever. First soundcloud or whatever the fuck it is no roscoe roscoe has always been my name for when i used to make music back in college and stuff like you can find 
like 10 year old songs on soundcloud and youtube like trap music under the name roscoe and it is in fact me <laughs> <laughs> nice. like i've used this name Young forever Timberland. nice nice well guys did you watch the columbus game or what uh, yeah i mean i was i was watching it for the first period I've, i'm not gonna lie i fell asleep for a part of the second and uh, energized myself for the third it was hard to stay engaged when they're playing they talked about it on the broadcast there's nine players on that team that are actually eligible to play in an nhl exhibition game for the columbus blue jackets like they (laughs) were not icing a real team like there's there's one thing about you know trying to lose and putting together a really mediocre nhl lineup it's another to have so many injuries on that mediocre nhl lineup that you're down to basically your ahl team so it was really hard to be engaged to watch this one and I think the Leafs were feeling the same, but I'm glad they uh, they didn't fall asleep at the wheel for 60 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it was really like, I don't know, uh, even though there were a lot of shots on net, guys, like halfway through the game, Toronto had 25 shots on board and ended with 50 to 26. No one can convert on the power play. I felt like Leafs had control majority of the game, but nothing was really going in for the big boys. It was the bottom six once again uh, showing the way. And yeah. Well, I mean, when you have such a a young, inexperienced and not up to par for the NHL team, all they're going to do is collapse in front of the net. So basically the Leafs just had to shoot at five guys that are turtled in front of the goalie. Like, yeah, they couldn't get anything through because there was a wall. Which, like I mentioned against uh, if with the Ottawa game, is when you're, you know, onto the last thing in your playbook. That's what you got to do. So it, it worked for a little bit for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the funny part of this all was before the game, everyone predicted that a guaranteed shutout would happen because Jet Greaves' <laughs> NHL debut against the Leafs. Of course, he's from. <sighs> The Toronto area, so Cambridge, the GTA, I think. Cambridge, yep, and parents in the audience ended up getting the second star and uh, gave the crowd a little bow. But damn, he played well considering fifty shots on net. Yeah. It's so funny. Before the game started, I was like, I was sitting on the couch and I saw that this guy's starting. He's from Cambridge. It's the first game. I'm like, oh god, the Leafs are getting goalied tonight. My girlfriend goes, what's that mean? I'm like, this. It means this guy's gonna make fifty saves tonight, and it's his first game ever because he's the main character today. And lo and behold, he makes like forty seven saves. So I almost had it on the money with fifty. <laughs> Yeah. And I guess Keith going back to 12 and 6 and giving Abruzzese another shot, uh, saying that he wanted to get a more familiar look at things. And since they've had a lot of different D pairings and they wanted to go back to what they know and clean that up, which I appreciated. The kid got an apple, another apple, which is nice. Saw a lot of talk on Twitter that he should be up more. Nick uh, Applezazy. <laughs> Nikki Alphabets. Nikki Alphabets is the best one. His uh, what's that now? His second career NHL assist. How amazing is that? Right. Mm, wasn't that his no, first I think assist? He's got more than that. No, he it was his second. Last oh. last year he had one goal and that was it. And this year he has two. Oh, assists. that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm a game behind. But uh, Joseph Wall coming in. 
Um, you know, his debut this year was against Columbus. He dropped that game in a 4-3 loss. So it was nice to see him get that win as well and looking super solid. Oh, my God, I'm super confident with this guy as our third-string goalie. Yeah, it's – I mean, at this point, it looks like he's going to be the backup for round one. Like, I don't – we haven't heard anything about Murray, which to me is a bad thing. It means that they, they don't want to say anything until they know, unless I've missed it. Correct me if I'm wrong here. But the fact that they've been pretty quiet about it means uh, they either don't know or they're not happy with the answer. So uh, I would say get used to Joseph Wall being the backup. And Steph, you called it. Game one, round one, it's going to be Ilya Samsonov starting. The only update I've seen, uh, which was Tuesday, Keith said that um, it's a head injury. He's day to day. And when the media was pressing about concussion, he straight up was like, I think I already answered your question. So obviously not giving out any more information, um, obviously not going on LTIR. So I'm trying to take that as a positive sign. I mean, there's no point in using LTIR at this point, a couple games out from the playoffs anyway. Yeah. So they wouldn't yeah. put him on. And what what other head injury can he have? Like, I don't know how many things can happen to your head that would take you out of games that aren't a concussion. Whiplash. Yeah, Whiplash is the only other thing that it could be. But wouldn't you call that a neck injury? Like, if you're being pressed on it about a concussion, would you I not feel- say he, it's a neck injury instead of saying it's a head injury? They're not going to say anything at this point of the season, I don't think. No, if I remember correctly, I think Pat Quinn used to, like, oh, it's uh, it's somewhere on his body. Like, yeah, body injury. You, you, you just <laughs> say something, right, to try to shut them up. Well, that's what I mean. The fact that they said it's a head injury, like, what else could that mean? It's mm-hmm. It sucks because the guys had a bunch of them, and, you know, this is not the best time for it to happen. But, hey, Sammy's been playing well. Wall's been playing well. You got him as insurance, so so here we are. To all you keyboard warriors out there, because one of my buddies is one of them, and he's been messaging me and is driving me absolutely insane. (laughs) Yes, Murray has had injury issues this year. I get it. One, we didn't give up anything to get him, so it was worth the risk. We actually got paid to take him. Two, it's totally his fault. Someone took his legs out and he fell and smashed his head off the ice. Like, Give your head a shake, people. I want to ask this something about that. Sorry. Um, Go ahead. So when it comes to your stick, you have to be in control of it at all times. Why is it not the same responsibility when it comes to players falling on their own volition? Like if you spill and you take somebody else out and they get hurt, like why is that not treated the same way as not being in control of your stick? <coughs> we, we've seen that called as tripping earlier this year. The fact that it wasn't a trip or a goaltender interference or anything is just beyond me. Okay, so it should be, and it just wasn't. Yeah. Got it. Absolutely. There was a couple different things they could have called it. Interference, goalie interference, tripping, whatever you want. Especially because you got pulled out, like, whatever. And, of course, they're not going to go back and review that because they only do that against the Leafs in the most random times in regular season games, like tonight. (laughs) But we'll get to that later. Oh, man. Yeah. No, Murray, it's totally not his fault. How do you? It's like a bowling ball coming at you and you're not even looking. It's coming at you from behind and it's a fucking strike. Okay. And it's a strike for the other team because they're taking out our supposedly 1A. Um, So, yeah, I guess what we should talk about from the Columbus game is uh, Michael Bunting v. Boone Jenner. 
I mean, that was kind of the the talk of the town was just so much pressure has been placed on bunting to like everybody wants him to keep his cool after everyone's like, great, we have a rat, you know, it's Marshawn light, this guy that's going to get in there. And now everyone's like, oh, you know, look at him letting himself get pushed around and not retaliating because, you know, he's on his best behavior. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I I called this when he was drawing the most penalties in the league, however long it was to go in like November, December. I'm like, oh, well, it's great. Michael Bunting's never going to draw another penalty again. It was a little delayed, but here we are, April, and uh, Michael Bunting is never going to draw another penalty again, it seems. And all the refs are doing is when he gets pushed around, they wait for him to retaliate, and then they'll put both of them in the box, but they will never only put the other person in. Like, yeah, he forces people to go to the box, but like we started noticing about a month and a half ago, is the other person will go to the box and Bunting goes to the box. Sometimes he can get two guys. Remember, he got that double kill where uh, he went to the box and brought two people with him. But uh, normally it's it's one for one. And this is becoming a bit of a problem. So I think the Columbus game was the first time where we saw him uh, subdued and with the shot collar on. And it's not good for his game. Beaner, you're laughing, but that's exactly what it seems like. He's got the cone on like he just came out of surgery and he's not allowed to scratch. <laughs> you you got to go a little more humane here. My my one friend, they had a dog that used to bark all the time. Instead of a shock collar, they had a citronella collar. What? So instead oh. of shocking the dog when they barked, it would just spray citronella in their face. Yeah, I've seen those. Um, hmm. It's just... really hilarious when you put it on one of your friends when they're drunk. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my that's God. amazing. <laughs> Can you put other oh. things in it? Oh, I don't know. We never ventured that far. <laughs> Damn. It just sucks when, you know, there's a scrum going on and Bunting is clearly the one getting jabbed at and pinned against the boards or flat on the ice or whatever. And they're reaching for him as though he's the vicious one or the aggressor in the situation. I think during the Columbus game, it was right behind the goalie uh, Jets, Jets net there and like bunting surrounded by four or five guys and they just reach in and grab bunting like even though there's people punching at him and punching at his head like they don't even look at them it's like guys it's make it obvious don't don't do that i'm almost at the point with bunting where it's like just go full bennington lean into it just like be so over the top that it's like fine i'll go down but like i'm going to make this a spectacle Instead of this, like, well, well, like, what the fuck? Why am I going to the box, too? Like, just go zero to 100. I don't give a shit. If you're going to get tossed for like, 10 I mean, minutes, you might as well get tossed from the game. I don't mind what he's doing right now. Like, everything's evening out. He's getting away with a lot of calls. We're drawing a ton of calls here in the season. The refs, obviously, we're getting pretty pissed off at about it. So if he's just, you know, playing it cool till the end of the regular season, and then the refs acknowledge, all right, he kind of wasn't such a rat at the end of the season. They might reset it as a playoff start. So that's kind of my logic for what he's doing here. What I'm that's not a bad point. What I'm concerned about is like in the playoffs where they're not calling anything, Bunting is going to be, you know, six calls in the whole first round. Like it's just going to all be him going to the box for dumb shit that nobody else is getting called for. And speaking of calls, um, during that game, on Roslovic's goal, they flat out said on the bench that Foodie uh, hand-passed it to him and literally looked at him and was like, that was a hand-pass, huh? And then went on and scored the goal. So how are plays like tonight getting reviewed based off the crowd's reaction, which is totally illegal in this sport? <laughs> like... 
I don't get it. That's what it seems like is if the crowd and the team are throwing up enough of a fit and they're like, oh, maybe we missed something. It's like, that's not how this is supposed to work. Like, just because a team is, you know, trying not to get a fine or not to anger the refs for their next four games or whatever it is, like, or they've been told to watch it, the other team's going to go off and now they get a review in the middle of the third period in a regular season game at the end of the season in April that barely means anything for either of these teams. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. That yeah. like that being said though, we've seen this now a couple times. If 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 this is gonna be basically like the new standard where if there's a stoppage in play and the in arena staff is showing the replay on the Jumbotron where the refs kinda all nonchalantly skate off to the side, talk to each other, pretend like they're talking the play over and then glance up at the screen to make sure they got the right call. <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like really? the NBA in the last, They're like, hey, last hey two guys, minutes. come here. Like, yeah, guys, exactly. come here. I, Any you know, close how, call is life, automatically reviewable. So if that's the same as a dude in the NHL, I'm not opposed to it. Obviously, it didn't go our way tonight, but it could in the future. Yeah, I mean, this It actually a... did go our way because that should have been a camp finally. Yeah. That's true. You're right. Ed, Edwards made sure that uh, that was heard. But... <laughs> In overtime, mm-hmm. I don't mind it because that's when you're actually, you know, a call like that could alter the game. When I, what I have a problem with is they did this at like the end of the second period in that Leafs New Jersey game. They re- went back and reviewed a penalty and changed it and was like, what? Why? It's like the beginning of March and this is the end of the second period. Like, what? Why is this one that we're reviewing? Like, this game, this is not meaningful. Like, why? If you're going to set the standard, then it's every time or it's never. Like, that's my problem. If you're going to do a good thing, do it every time. Like, there's so many things that should have been reviewed that could have altered the outcome of games. And I think all those people are looking at this going, what the fuck? Why now? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense why they randomly started it but like i said it if this is because this is the last what week and a half two weeks we've seen this multiple times not even just in leaf games so like i said if this is going to be a new standard going forward not that they're going to purposefully stop the play but if the play is stopped and they have a chance to look it over that might not necessarily be such a bad thing Okay, so uh, let's take a little quick break and do a trivia question. How about that? Sure. Can you guys name the top 10 goal leaders this season? Just goals? Just goals. Are we taking turns or just? Let's No, I mean, collectively, if you guys can put together the top 10. Uh, well, McDavid's first, clearly. Yep. Pasta. McDavid, Cooch. Pasta. Sorry, not Cooch, Pasta, I meant, sorry. Drysidle, correct. That's three. Um, and in order. Nice. Um, <laughs> I don't even know Dave. how many goals Cooch has, Pasta. but I. Cooch is normally like... more of an assist guy. I will Ovi. give you a hint Kucherov is not on this list. Yeah, I thought so. Um, points, points wise, he is, but point is number five. Um, definitely, um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Nope. No. You're missing. Okay. You're missing one of the top five. Number four. Um, I've mentioned hmm. he's a a dark horse goal scorer that nobody Tage notices. Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson <laughs> is number six. Number four, the William Nylander of their team. Not the first person you'd ever think of, 
when you're thinking of this team, probably not the second and probably not the third, but this person sneakily scores a shit ton of goals and has carried some of my fantasy teams this year. Oh, you mentioned him last episode. Pasta? No. He's number two. Oh, no. Um, no, it's... um. Oh, my God, I'm drawing a blank. Uh... Colorado Avalanche, Miko Rantanen. Rantanen. Oh, my God. With 49, 49 goals. So, Braden Point, 48. Miko Rantanen, 49. Dry Settles, 51. And Pasta's got 57. McDavid, 62. Uh, Thompson, you got any chance you guys can get the uh, 7, 8, 9, 10? Robertson. Robertson is 7. Nice. Yep. Um, These guys are all really close, too. There's a lot of high scoring guys think. this year. Uh, yeah, this Ma- Matthew scored point. sixty before it was cool. I I just keep <laughs> thinking of of point totals, not goal totals. Yeah, Braden yeah, Point same. was number five. <clears throat> you guys got him. So McDavid, Pasta, Drysaddle, Ranton, and Point, Thompson, Robertson, Pedersen. Nope. They are all Eastern Conference. Hughes. Hughes is number nine, correct? So you're missing eight and ten. Kachuk? Nope. Matthew? Um, this is embarrassing. Did, did we say Ovechkin? Ovechkin is number eight. Well done. And this one, I don't know if you guys Crosby. are going to get. This is a really strange one. Verhage. Verhage. Nice. Damn it, oh, Steph. Yeah. Well done. That's a good one. Congrats, guys. You have named the top 10 goal scorers this year so far. I mean, there's only a few games left. Some of these could change, though. There's only uh, two of them are tied at 40, Hughes and Verhage. Ovechkin's got 42. Robertson's got 43. Tage has 44. So it's a tight race there. But uh, far and ahead. Far ahead and far and beyond. I don't know what I was trying to say. McDavid's got 62. (laughs) Do we think Pasta's going to hit 60? They got four yeah. more games. What's he He's got Probably. 57. Three yeah. goals in four games? I don't know. 11 in the last 11. So. Oh, shit. They'll try and feed him. They'll try and feed him to make it happen. That's true, actually. Yeah, I can see him scoring two goals in a game and then just need the one. Empty netter. I can't yeah. believe there's, what's that, 113 goals between McDavid and Dreisaitl? No. <laughs> Yeah. yeah um, speaking of the Oilers, now that team, uh, first time <coughs> since 1995 and 96, have 300 point players. Holy shit. Uh, Who else has 100? Ryan, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Hopkins. Oh my God. He's having Ray a great Wiley. year. That's why I guessed him because I, I couldn't remember if he was just purely assists or whatever, or he secretly, you know, hit yeah. 40 or quietly. As far as um, the points top 10, only one, two, three, four of them are on the top 10 for goals. So it's quite a difference there. A lot of assist guys. A lot of assist guys this year. So we'll do uh, the next couple episodes before the playoffs. We'll do one of these, uh, you know, as we're getting to the end. So moving on tonight against the Boston Bruins. Or Steph, you look like you have something you want to say. Um, just, I guess, Toronto had its pride night, guys, against Columbus. Oh, yeah, uh, we got to talk about that. 
just because we've discussed it before and the Leafs finally had theirs, I honestly don't have much to say because we've said so much about it this year. Um, I just thought it was interesting that, you know, the Leafs have never had a jersey on this night. And I was kind of looking forward to some cool threads, you know, like an artist coming out or i know there's still artists but like maybe the opportunity to purchase a jersey like fuck like kill me right but they had the helmet decals the t-shirts everyone did it except sammy and he didn't even play he was on the bench so we mad i don't know i first i mean we should <clears throat> we should say that like the Leafs did a really great job. Um, there was a lot of events going on in Toronto all day. They had the uh, the drag performance outside of the arena. Like they did a fantastic job of uh, highlighting everything um, that Pride Day should be. Um, as far as Samsonov goes, I'm not trying to you know oh now it's about us so it's not a big deal. But I think you have to separate the i know provrov was the first but he didn't cite this specifically it's the the russia thing is so complicated that yeah it's just a hard thing to get into and like it would take hours to unpack like what that all means and what's behind it i know it's not a great excuse but i think it's something that we don't really understand here um basically in 30 seconds if you want to look into it there's a textbook on how Basically, it's called geopolitics of um, Russia, I think, or something like that. Um, just and uh, they basically outline how to sow um, instability in other countries, and you know this is one of the ways that they can make people mad at each other and tear each other apart. This is how they do what they do. This is part of propaganda. It's making people uh mad at each other and argue over things from another country away so you know i'm not gonna unpack all that other than that so he didn't really seem to come up with the bullshit statement either he just kept quiet about it and yeah and i mean it's not the first team that's said like the blackhawks did it out of you know for safety of their russian players and you know i might be i might be kind of a hypocrite right now because i probably said different things about the blackhawks doing it and it was an excuse but i don't know the more i've thought about it and uh, the more that it's happened it, with players like <clears throat> Stahl and and guys that don't have that are just using their religion as an excuse, this is something that's just seems like a different. Yeah, if you field. got family back home in Russia, maybe it's a whole different dynamic for you. So it's hard to speak on that. Yeah. the The one thing with the Leafs though is they still did like they didn't just shoo the whole day under the rug. Like you said, there was a lot of events throughout the entire day. Like it's not exactly. like they tried to use it as an excuse to get get completely get away from the day and the idea of the day yeah yeah and i mean the teams that have um there's a lot of teams that i think have gone under the radar that you know haven't had anybody sit out pride night you know they're not getting enough um media attention and i think this is kind of the the biggest issue that's come out of all this is that we're we're all focusing so much on you know oh it's another team's pride night who's going to sit it out when really we should be focused on how teams are celebrating it. So I encourage you to, if you want to learn more, go and look at what other teams have been doing, especially the Florida Panthers. They had a really great campaign on Twitter for their pride night a couple weeks ago. So yeah, if you want to be educated, you can do it on your time. Yeah, that's it. It's exhausting. 
Yeah. I think the biggest thing for a lot of Russian players in the NHL, excuse me, is that it's their future. Do they see themselves living in Russia after their career? Do they see themselves going back and forth a lot? Or are they going to integrate themselves into Western society and maybe never go back to Russia sort of thing? And that's, I saw this tweet where it said, like, that's probably the reason why so you see some players do it and some players don't like Kucherov, for example, like I don't think Kuch is ever going to go back to Russia and live there. He's probably going to stay in the States forever and ever sort of thing. But this legislation that came out recently, like it's literally worded in a sense where it's illegal for Russians to promote same sex relationships or suggest that non heterosexual orientations are normal. And just the fact that they word it like that, you know, they're extremely brainwashed and it's kind of fucked up. So yeah, he gets a free pass. I'm glad he didn't play that night. I'm glad he didn't speak yeah. to the media. He kept to himself, like you said, Sadi and Joseph Wall, who literally describes his faith t- to be a centering force of his life. And has a cross on his goalie helmet, had pride tape on, which I really appreciated. And yeah, I think the good intentions are there because even um, Sammy came out and said, you know, he's constantly thinking about his son, Miroslav, and how the tr- Toronto has benefited him. And he's trying to figure out if he will benefit his, uh, his son in the future. So he's probably still making those decisions on where he's going to be in the next five or 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Again, complicated politics over there. Anything that involves them, it's just, it's such a bag of worms to open. So, eh, yeah. again, they just like getting into things so people argue with each other. That law that they passed has less to do with themselves and more to do with Russians that are abroad and, you know, making sure that yeah. wherever they are, there's an argument about it. So, I just got to say, though, guys, Morgan Riley this game, nine shots on goal. I was shocked to see it uh, at the end of the Columbus game. And, Obviously applauding our newbies, Zach Aston Reese and Lafferty coming through and, you know, another czar show, which they uh, joked about on the TSN broadcast that czar only scores on TSN. And then tonight, yeah. Chris Cuthbert had the had the comeback saying czar must only get assists on Sportsnet. <laughs> so eight of 10 goals he scored this year have been on TSN games and they don't get that many. So that's it's very strange. Also, totally forgot that um, Zach Aston Reese was on a PTO. He was not yep. a signing straight out of the uh, free season. It was on a PTO, and this guy worked his ass off to get here. So, congrats to uh, Zach Aston Reese for setting a career high in uh, points, I believe. Came in and took the spot from Abe Kubel. Yeah. yeah, that whole line's looking really good right now, too. Like that's a, that's going to be a heavily relied upon line going forward into the playoffs. Who else did they have that uh, besides Abe Kubel that we've moved on from since Malgin? Malgin, yep. but he was already here. There was somebody else, wasn't there? Who's uh, like uh, D- Hunt? Well, Hunt we got from um, Malgin. Godet. We... Right, Godet. That's Godet, the other yeah. one. Thank you. I knew there was somebody else. I forget the Nick Ritchie of this year. <laughs> yeah. He's... But happy to see Achari come back for a second game tonight. And Ryan O'Reilly, the factor, finally joining the Leafs after being out since March 4th. Oh, my God. Over a month, guys. Like, it feels like it's been forever. But, hey, I thought he played pretty well tonight. At least his finger's still attached to all of it. Oh, God, Duchesne, I keep <laughs> thinking about that. Not just the Sorry to bring that up again. I just... Fuck, that's so... 
insane. Oh, okay, yeah. So Rhino's back. I have jelly beans. And they're really good. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no apologies okay. necessary. I only have, if you can see this, I'm going to spill them all. I only have like the different white ones left. And I can't tell which Ew. are popcorn, which one's vanilla, which one's coconut. And they're all kind of gross. And one of them is banana split. So I'm kind of like, yeah. The worst ones for last. Yeah, we'll do a start one, bench one, cut one of all hundred colors of this fucking mm. jelly bellies. Anyway, sorry. What were we talking also, about? Ryan O'Reilly? <laughs> awesome game. Ryan O'Reilly. Also, one thing that changed last game that continued to tonight was that Marner and Nylander have been playing on a line together, which is something we never see. With the Leafs, it's usually Maddie and Nylander, JT Marner, Marner Matthews. It's never Willie and Marner JT. So, I mean, what do you guys think? They they were mentioning on the the casty cast that Marner's been the one that's really been leading the offense in terms of you know generating plays and and finding those passes and things. So, somebody who's been struggling as of the last I don't know probably going on a month now with Nylander, who was at one point just far ahead the, the top scorer on the team. So I think it's a matter of just getting Nylander back on track. Yeah, yeah they're trying different things too, especially with O'Reilly coming back. There's still going to be a bit of line shifting going on, so why not see what you have while you have the chance to do it? Yeah, and I like the idea of uh, and the practice of uh, O'Reilly. Fuck, that's got to get used to saying <laughs> O'Reilly again. <laughs> Almost Ryan forgot O'Reilly. he was even on the team. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly being the third line center instead of uh, pushing Tavares to the wing. I mean, it's something that we all kind of expected. Uh, at first, it was it was fun, but uh, you know we can't really stack the lineup in the playoffs that way. So uh, I think it makes more sense to have three. Why can't I mean, we? you can, but I think it makes more sense to win faceoffs all the way down the lineup. You're gonna see both versions definitely going on to the playoffs. Like depending on how this like series is going, or even how the game is going, Riley is either gonna be centering, or you'll even see him maybe up on the first line too. Five minutes left in the third, they reunited JT and Ryan O'Reilly after Ryan O'Reilly had that awesome uh, three goal game. Uh, right beside JT on his line and hoping to spark something right uh, tonight the game was super tight I mean speaking of the dot Leafs lost that 45 to 55 percent and no one could score on the PP yeah we want to talk about the power play this is something that I was like yeah it's fine it's fine even they showed it was um, what uh, seven for 28 in the last 11 games I'm like okay that's exactly 25 percent that's not awful but then they went over three tonight. So it was just adding to that count. You know, the number just keeps going down. So it, it's starting to get a little concerning because it looks like they're trying everything and nothing's working, which, you know, for a while, you, you it's when you look at the shooting percentage and it's like, oh, it'll even itself out. You know, they'll get back up there, but I'm still waiting for it to get back up there and it's not happening. I'm not overly concerned. Like, it, it kind of goes in spurts, right? They'll have a really, really super hot power play, and then it'll die right off, and then it'll get hot, and it'll die right off. It's the amount of times that you're actually normally going to get power plays in the playoffs. 
That's true. Compared to the regular season, I'm not that worried about it because with all the pressure and the intensity ramped up in the playoffs, I think it's just a completely different animal. Not to mention with O'Reilly coming back now too, it adds such a different dimension to their second power play unit, which obviously hasn't been a thing in the last month and a bit. That's Not true. to mention, Boston has the number one PK in the league. Um, they're also yeah, super they're good. good on the dot. Um, well, they're second, we're third. But hey, I thought in the first period, especially, Leafs were not winning their puck battles. Um, Boston kind of controlled the momentum of the game, but it was really neck and neck. When you look at the deserve deserve to win meter, it's like forty eight to fifty two or something super close like that. Well, I mean, Boston's a juggernaut. So anytime it's like, oh, well, they're placed this this year. It's like, okay, well, of course they're like first or second in everything because they have like 61 wins. The the one that was funny was they're like, oh, Boston's 41 and three or something when they score first. And they're obviously first in the NHL when they score first. And then it's like when the Leafs scored first, it said, oh, the, the Bruins are like 20 and four or eight or something like that when they uh they don't score first and they're second in the nhl when they don't score first like no shit they have a bajillion wins like this doesn't mean anything anymore i get it Fuck. 41 and 3 when bruins score first that's stupid that's like, absurd how do so you when... how do you like put yourself in the shoes of being a boston fan this year like what i i mean Got to shout out the the Bruins Benders podcast. Like, I don't know what the hell we'd talk about after this long of just winning. Get ready for the curse. Oh, man. Must, <laughs> I, I, I hope they get the President's Trophy curse, man. It's, just, it's not fair. Like, this team shouldn't be good again. It's like it's if not. Pittsburgh, you know, they just re-signed everybody for a, another run this year. It's like if Pittsburgh pulled out 61 wins out of their ass. This, like, it just doesn't make sense. <sighs> yeah. But, you know, I think the Leafs have really collected enough players to be toe-in-toe, if not better than but the Bruins, honestly. I mean, tonight, seeing Lafferty have his first fight as a Leaf against Greer, oh, um, was- not backing down. I don't know. I just. I'm glad I got the instigator penalty there because that was insane, man. I'm so tired of like clean hits and then someone getting jumped and it's like, oh, well, they both go for fighting. He had no choice. Greer skates up in his face, drops his gloves off, and starts punching him in the face. Like, okay, I mean, I guess that's five for fighting on both of them. I'd call that assault. (laughs) Yeah. If if you don't like something, take a number. Next shift you're out there, or next time down the ice, run them through the boards. That's how you do it. Yeah, this like immediate pinning him to the boards and oh, we're fighting now. It's like he didn't. I'm good on Lafferty for dropping him because like he was backed against the wall and not expecting that at all because that was mm-hmm. a clean hit that ended big because of where they got hit. Like it was along the boards, wasn't boarding, it was clean. Ugh. I thought Luke Shin and Garnet Hathaway were going to go at it for a bit there because those are really two yeah. big boys in this league and that would be some UFC shit it's, I don't think they'd let it happen but it's what you want to see before you go up against Tampa because they got a bunch of guys that are going to do shit like that where you know there'll be a clean hit and they're going to not like it and jump in and to have basically someone on uh, half of your defensive pairs and half of your offensive lines that are going to retaliate immediately 
that's a little comforting, especially because we've never had that going up against Tampa. Speaking of Tampa, did anybody see the score? They got destroyed 6-1 tonight. Six? It was four last I checked. My God. And last I heard, Maroon and Giroux, or Geno, left the game. Oh, no, really? Potential injuries. Yep. Oh, baby. I mean, I'm not, like, happy for people getting hurt, but. Maroon, Cernak, Sorelli, Hagel, Geno. Wait, they're all hurt? Yes. Chris Johnson, injuries are piling up for Tampa Bay Lightning with Sorelli, Hagel, Geno, Maroon, Chernak, all currently on the sidelines. Oh, my God. I don't know if you guys saw any highlights from that Florida-Ottawa game tonight, (laughs) but, man, I want to know how many penalty minutes was from that game because the only people who didn't fight were the Kachuk brothers against one another. I, I didn't realize that WrestleMania was in Ottawa. Right? On ice? <laughs> did, WrestleMania on ice? Did did, uh, did you guys see what happened to Tanner Janot? No. Don't watch no. the... No. For the faint of heart, don't watch the video. He's not coming back this year. Five picks down the drain. Okay, God, now I gotta watch it. Oh my fuck. Holy shit. I can't okay, show describe it. describe it. Um... He hits a guy along the boards and like as his leg is underneath him and as he's going down, he lands full full weight on his leg and snaps it. Like ah. below like his shin, like below his knee, snaps. Fuck. He's done. Oh man. All the best to him in a speedy recovery in the offseason then. Fuck, that sucks. Yeah. Oh my god. McAvoy out. Doesn't look anything too serious for the Bruins, but damn. I mean I got to agree with Elliot Friedman tonight after the game. Here, let me see if I can the win it. for the Leafs was no injury. No injuries tonight against 100%. the Boston Bruins, and we're healthy. We have Ryan O'Reilly activated. I mean, Simmer and Abruzzese had to go down to the Marlies. It's fine. It's fine. But, you know, we're in. We're healthy. We can run at 12 and 6, you know, replicate the – playoff lines and good to go besides murray of course okay here actually i can pull the video up because it's on twitter so i can share that i want to you guys got to see this it's Uh oh it's bad i mean this is okay so scared here mayfield tied up leg Mm, flat (laughs) flat down onto that leg like it the that's so awkward and then just crack 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 oh it's ah. like not supposed to bend like that 220 mayfield just on top of him however like 230 however he weighs oh my god yeah i mean i hope he's okay for next season but uh yeah yeah he's uh, that looks like he's done damn yeah it doesn't look good so um, maybe we didn't have the worst luck with uh, O'Reilly breaking a finger. Jesus. Okay. At that time period, too. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on all the wood right now, guys. I don't... It doesn't make me feel good to, like... If we go up against Tampa and win, and everybody's going to put an asterisk on it just because they do, if there's, like, the entire lineup gone, fine. I'll, I'll, Fuck that. I'll I'll be happy that they went around, but I will. There, a part of me will be like, yeah, but the, a bunch of guys were missing, and I'll hold that into the next round when you know they go up against whoever it is. But because the Leafs have never been, everybody's, everybody's, so, someone being hurt, right? Like, 
No, and I, everybody's I, always going to put an asterisk on it when the Leafs do anything that should be worthy yeah. of uh, uh, an applause. Yep. I agree. I'm just saying like if, the the amount and the the weight that those names carry on that team, there is a percentage of me that's going to feel like th- that kind of sucks for the Lightning because, you know, they didn't have their full lineup. It wasn't a fair fight. Like, you know, you want to go into the playoffs thinking that, you know, you came out because you were the better team, not because the uh, entire other teams like second and third lines were out. No one gave us an asterisk when Tavares got hurt or when our goalies got hurt or no. anything like that. It's being being but a better team win. sometimes also means resiliency. Being yeah. able to play, being able to continue to play. The only time I could even get on board with anybody giving an asterisk if the Leafs, Leafs advance is if Vassy goes down next game. He can't play a single minute. Well, that's the only way in my head that there's any justification for any kind of asterisks whatsoever. Okay, so you are you are at least on like a bit of this. Like this is what I mean: is it, I'm not putting an asterisk on it. I'm just saying a small part of me with Sorelli, Chernak, Hagel, Janot, all of them down, and Maroon. A part of me is like, uh... at this point. I haven't seen the other injuries. I haven't been following the lightning too closely because I don't want to go down that rabbit hole of trying to figure everything out because we're going to play them and we've known we're going to play them for the better part of the entire year. Um, The only one I really see not coming back is Janot. Yeah, maybe these guys are just sitting until the playoffs. Who knows? I could eat all this. Yeah, I don't buy the whole Vassy thing or not enough players and we feel bad for them. Hell fucking no. No, no, no. Because if they won the cup without Vasilevsky, it would be a whole narrative how this is the best team in the whole fucking world without Vasilevsky. And like they would be honored even more. If Leafs did it without and did it with Shalgren all the way, they would say, oh, it was a fluke, easy route, everyone's injured, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's that's you, I don't know. What I'm saying is it doesn't feel as good if we beat them and their entire second third lines are gone. Then if we I'm were gonna to feel just as good. I'm going to feel good, <laughs> but there's a little part of me that would have wished that we beat a, a healthy Tampa team just so that they have nothing to come back with cuz that's that's I guess what I'm I'm preparing for is all of the arguments from the Tampa people. So to f- give them absolutely no ammo that everyone was there and they still lost. That's what I want. I don't want to there, hear. There will be something though. It'll be about these guys. Toronto had Toronto had home ice, so the league favored them with calls oh. or something. Like there's going to be something. You're right. There always there's always going to be something. Then don't play him for sixty games a year. If you're so worried about Vasi's health, then don't play him every single fucking game. Like there's other options. You have Brian Elliott ready. Like I don't know. I I don't buy it, man. They've already gotten so many free passes, and they've literally rigged this league. It seems to the point where they we've talked about it. They know how to get away with shit. They are already kind of cheating as it is with the non calls and you know the refs favoring them in so many fucking ways. So. Mm, nope sorry Toronto if they're gonna do it it's gonna be the hardest way possible and we're still gonna get shit on but we're gonna be front of that parade and gonna enjoy every moment of it no jet skis pure downtown (laughs) concrete jungle through Bay Street you're right 
You're right. I'm I'm yeah, fine. Fine. Let's go to questions. <laughs> yeah. I was looking for a fun sound effect to play for questions, but I don't have one. I'll get that for next time. Okay, so um, first we got Mike the Fanatic. What is it going to take to light a fire under Nylander in these playoff-style games? He's been incredibly frustrating to watch tonight. I was watching the uh, American broadcast for the Columbus game, and they were calling him uh, Nylander. I don't know. They were saying it. Nylander. They were just saying it so weird. It was like it wasn't incorrect, but just emphasized very strangely. At least they were calling him sports. Yeah, it was the Bali one. Yeah, they New do that, under. and it's so annoying. Yeah, gotta say though, I did not listen to Jack Edwards, and I'm so happy. I oh, just I, read oh. about the shit he said online, and I'm like, no, if I had to listen to Jack Edwards for two and a half hours, I'd probably lose my mind. So I, I had to switch because my stream kept cutting out, and um, it's weird hearing somebody that's such a homer. Like, we don't get that experience here. Just hearing him screaming like, what? Kemp should be going to the box. Why is the Kemp going to the box then? He passed it with his hand. How come they're not sending Kemp? He better get two. He better get two. It's so funny. <laughs> he literally said, and I just read about it in a tweet. Um, oh, uh, someone on the broadcast said, that that's not a call. And then Jack's like, for Toronto it is. Hmm. <laughs> I'm like uh, shut the fuck up sorry yeah okay i'll stop <laughs> when that one started it was so funny he's like he goes oh, i think they're blowing this down on a hand pass wait they're, they're calling a penalty on this hand pass that's probably <sighs> probably on david camp here wait this is on boston like he just it was so funny hearing him go zero to a thousand <laughs> and like to circle back to mikey's question i don't think yeah you're gonna see a fire under his ass for the rest of the regular season yeah he's done I'm pretty sure he's in coast mode, but he is the one player I trust more than anybody to turn it on in the playoffs because he's shown us that he can do it. He is planning his outfits for walking into the arena for the next couple of games, and that is about as much thought as he's putting into these games. <laughs> but it would be nice to see him activate with Marner on his line for the first time in history and you know show us what he can do like he did in the first 50 or 60 games of this season. The only, you know... I agree with him not doing too much just for injury's sake. But Nylander's not the type to push around. He's the he's a fucking floater type. Like he just perim- he's a perimeter, he's a perimeter skater. Player. He he runs away from any sort of I don't know aggression. So that excuse is kind of mm, I'm just mm. giving him the benefit of the doubt right now. I know it's so frustrating, uh, Mike. I'm I'm with you right there. But with the amount of injuries tonight <coughs> alone in the other game, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I feel like Nylander's, we've talked about this, the, Nylander's the kind of guy who's just going to turn it on when he needs to. He's, even though he was born in Alberta, he is very much Swedish. Bill. <laughs> he he plays like a European player, and we love him for it. Um, yeah. Next up, Joe Diamond at Diamond Joe 1983 Okay, Justin Hall. Do you think he's elevated his game lately? I do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Bean, don't look too <laughs> unimpressed. Okay. We agree that Justin Hall has been doing real good to the point where he was trusted on that um, shorthanded, um, or sorry, the PK in the overtime, right? It was Hall, Brody, and Camp. Look, we know he's responsible he- on the PK. It's it's that he's not making glaring mistakes. I wouldn't say he's playing 
amazing. He's just not playing noticeably bad. Yeah, that's pretty much the politest way to put that. He has been he has been playing better, but he has definitely not been playing great. I'm not willing to label him our best defenseman by any means. Oh no. Oh no, that's not the conversation. <laughs> was Gustafson back tonight? I didn't notice. I thought he was. No. No. No, and Spe- speaking int- of defense, sorry, Steph. No, go ahead. Is is anybody else get this weird comforting feeling like nostalgia? Everything's okay in the world. Everything's going to be okay when you see Shen out there with Riley. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's like e- even if they even if they have a horrible shift and they play horribly, it's like merging the two generations, like the horrible teams that Shen was stuck on, the horrible teams that Riley started on, and then now this team merging them together. It's there's something about it about it makes me really nostalgic, and I really love seeing it. Yeah, it's like a crossover finale episode of some superhero show where like. The original person <laughs> comes back. It's like, oh, you used to be the Flash, and now I'm the Flash, and like you're coming back to help me with this, like mission, because like I need, I need the OG here. Spider Man No Way Home. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's bringing everybody in, and I, I love it. It's it's a multiverse. All the I did <laughs> the universes of Leafs history. I did notice in the third period, though, in the second half, uh, it was Riley, Riley Brody uh back again and i guess keith just juggling the lines and such but just the update on gustus in there um he took warm-ups during the columbus game because his flight got in too late so they wanted to get him the most ice time as possible so he took the warm-up and kind of teased us um but then he wasn't in the lineup tonight he was at practice yesterday lily got the cut tonight uh with the 6d um I don't know. Uh, maybe we see him soon. I'm glad Shin was in tonight against Boston. That's for sure. But um, unfortunately, the Charlie Coyle goal was, you know, it started from the Shin clearing attempt, which was <laughs> his name Carlo. Did you see Shen made a point to say that the Leafs need to use the glass more to clear the puck out? Yes. And then he tries to clear the puck off the glass. And I got to give it to Brandon Carlo because... I've tweeted this dude made a Kevin Pillar fucking Superman jump catch on that one. Like that is not something that most hockey players would grab. That dude got like a solid foot of air on skates off the ice and caught that puck like top of his reach. That is not easy to do. So everybody that's like and got it with a stick. Yeah. So everybody that's like, oh, that was a shitty clearing attempt by Shen. 99% of the time that's out of the zone. That was like the 1% godly catch that no player makes on a daily basis like how many times have how many times have you seen riley do that and he misses the puck like every time like that's not something that most defensemen can pull off so carlo brandon carlo is six foot six what (laughs) what yo how much does he weigh 218 so 218 and he can still jump like that in full gear and catch that thing. That's impressive. But I did not know he was that tall. See, again, that's 6'6", six, six, plus skates, plus his reach. That clearing attempt 99% of the time is going over any defenseman in the league. Oh, yeah. Seven and a half feet in the air. No doubt. He jumped up and grabbed that. Maybe eight feet in the air, right? Like Exactly. 6'8", six, 6'9", six, with the reach. So oh, my God. If he's 6'6", six, six, that means his... One arm is three three, so that's 
six six plus like uh, another Take two the head off two and a half feet ish of that three point three minus his head eight feet. So yeah, that's he also made a great play to keep it on site too. Like that was just yeah. straddling the line. Like ten, nine times out of ten, the coach is not going to be mad at that play. I just love that we're just trying to figure out how high this guy jumped. So he's like, okay, but the play though. Like, let's talk about the play. What happened? Someone, in, they said, nah, he's Wait, tall and jump. He's tall and he jumped. <laughs> Damn, no, that was a great but unfortunate play for the Leafs because, of course, if fools samsonov on this coil shot of course it's always their bottom six that breaks the ice last game it was the bottom six that i had to watch live <laughs> beat the leaves four to three Ugh, man but our bottom six hey can't complain sam lafferty man like this guy is heating up i love to see it yeah, and I mean, with the fight and the, you see the aggression and uh, the goal. Almost Gordy, how hat trick. Yeah. It was a know. good tight checking game, too. Like, it had a bit of a playoff atmosphere to it. Yeah, apart from the Leafs really, again, abysmal start. Like, the Bruins were all over them again. They could not get a shot off and just turnovers and neutralize. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that's the most concerning because, again, if you... Seven shots in the first. Yeah, it's it's the mistakes... Well, I mean, they went from one to thirty-six shots pretty quick, but it's yeah. uh, it's the mistakes like that that if Tampa takes advantage of that early on, you know, you're already fighting back from behind. But did anybody yeah, notice uh, the thirty-six shot thing on Sportsnet? <laughs> yeah, then it went back to, like, to twenty-two real quick. It went from first. It was when they were at one shot in the first period. It went to thirty-six, and everybody on Twitter was like, mm, "Did y'all see that?" Yeah, yeah, we saw that too. And then it didn't happen for a while. And then all of a sudden, in the second or third period, it just was like... Second. It was like every other minute, it kept jumping to 36 shots. I'm like, okay, what the fuck is going on here? If they end up with 36 shots, then we can wholeheartedly just concur that the NHL is scripted. But uh, (laughs) the Leafs, in fact, did not reach 36 shots. They almost did. Sportsnet is owned by Rogers, and they're notorious for being glitchy, so... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, Benito the Basset Hound just commented saying, heck of, a, heck of a game they played tonight. These kids can hang and totally agree. Um, like yeah. <laughs> saying these bottom six players, you know, especially when the top six can't pull through. It's nice to see these ratty players, even Sam Lafferty and Zach Aston Reese connecting a bunch recently. Like who, who would have thunk it? <laughs> but this is what, we signed up for the Pittsburgh connection. So that was a filthy pass by Reese today too. Yeah. Right on the doorstep. Lafferty. Damn. Fooled Swayman completely, man. I was scared when I saw Swayman out there because he's been solid. Well, they both have been, but. And to give it to Kyle Dubas and the team for a sec, um, you, when, when you're not getting goals from the top six or top four guys like that, you were not going to get this one goal to, uh, to get this started from, you know, Engvall or Maligan. What's going to happen? Abe Kubel or Godet. Like, you know, the changes that have happened even since the beginning of this season to adjust to what wasn't working was really fast. Like, we almost, we had to think of who the fuck Adam, uh, Adam Godet was because the problems yeah. are solved so quickly. Like, if this isn't working, okay, let's flip him for something else. Maligan became Hunt, became Zahorna all this season. Well, and that's, that's not even factoring in the fact that, you know, their plans going into the season 
a lot of that was riding on Nikki Bobby coming in and progressing. Yeah, 100%. Really. Yeah. You had to readjust, to mention- reassess as the season went on. Sorry, Sully. And honestly, I, I love to see it because we predicted so many things. Murray, right? And I know we have a question about him. And it's like, it's so sad when the season ends and you have to tear the team apart because of cap and you know like i remember questioning with you guys with goddad and like was it too soon should they give him a chance but hey dubis knows best they have scouts and analytical people for a reason and look and i'm glad that pierre engvall is scoring now that he's you know got an opportunity on the islanders i forgot where he went and Sandine's doing well in Washington. Like we knew if they were given a role, they were going to do well, but they didn't have that role here. They weren't going to get that role here. And we found people that are good in those roles here. So I am content with this roster, especially now that Achari and O'Reilly are back. Um, I would love if Matt Murray was a healthy backup, but we'll see where that stands in about a week or two. Yeah. And with, Joseph Wall playing the way he has. Um, shout out to Zar for his dad joke in the media scrum. I don't know if you guys caught that. No. What did he say? Yeah, uh, they they were asking what he thought of Joseph Wall's game and how he's been playing, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, he's been a brick wall for us." And then smiles and starts laughing and turns around and leaves. <laughs> oh no, lordy. Um, but no, with how Wall's playing, I'm I'm more than confident in the Leafs goaling in the Leafs goaltending, especially behind Sammy it, whether it's wall or whether it's Murray, whether it's Sammy, I'm, I'm pretty confident. And then we've seen many different things from everybody up and down our lineup that just give me more reassurance going into this series. And then after Saturday, like the last three games of the season, we're probably going to have Matthew Nyes on our team. He's going to the championship now, and once that game's over, that's another huge addition to the depth chart. Yeah, I was just yep. going to say they advanced tonight by beating Boston. Wish we both 16, got to beat Boston tonight. but you So know. Yeah. Minnesota will face Quinnipiac in the final. I'm sorry, who? Yeah. Quinnipiac. Where is that? Somewhere in the States. I don't know where. <clears throat> Q-I-N-N-I-P-I-A-C for any wondering <laughs> last time Minnesota has won it all was in 2003 and Three. last time they were in a final was thanks to Justin Hall in 2014 with a buzzer beater buzzer beater but they didn't win it in the final Um, it's a private university in Hamden, Connecticut Okay. There's only 9,000 students there. Hmm. Like what? Okay. Okay. Well, I guess they got a good uh, good sports system because of being a private school and all. Athletics. The Qu- uh, Quinnipiac Bobcats, previously the Braves. Division NCAA Division 1. Jeez. Yeah, Except- the Leafs have <laughs> Oh, here. They play NCAA Division One and Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, except for men's and women's ice hockey teams, which are part of ECAC hockey. 
Which, I don't know. Eastern College Athletic Conference. It's just like 300 colleges in hockey. Holy shit. Um, yeah, the Leafs actually have two prospects on the Minnesota Gophers. They obviously have Matthew Nyes, who had an assist in three shots tonight. And then they have Mikey Coster, who had a goal and an assist tonight as well. Nice. Nice. All right. Who we got next? Panthers? No. Habs, Habs. on Saturday. Canadians. Habs on Saturday. Hockey night in Canada. Now, just touching in a little bit here, uh, Steph, your generals are still alive. Yeah, what's going what on there? The score? <laughs> I know they played tonight. Apparently, well, I... you don't fuck with Oshawa. <laughs> yeah, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know. They didn't Should've do very well tonight because Ottawa won 9 0 tonight. Oh, nice. But oh, then they're 3 1 in the series. Yep. So they're done, are they? They're, no. they're right on the brink. Okay. Hmm. Damn, so, 9-1. I had friends at that game. How do you, so, kit, how do you win 7 nothing and 9 nothing, and <laughs> lose a game in between that? I yeah. don't know. Um, London knocked Owen Sound out tonight with a 5 nothing win. Mm-hmm. Kitchener beat Shane Wright in his Spitfires with a 5-1 win. So oh, if Spitfires shit. are done. Bust. Right <laughs> oh, I don't sucks. know if I'd go that far yet. <laughs> Just kidding. He's great. Ty, Ty Voigt, uh, Leafs prospect, and his Sarnia Sting are up three games to one over Guelph Storm. Nice. Good. And yeah. But yeah, I couldn't believe, like, just watching the game, Ottawa was skating circles around Oshawa. Like I said, they didn't get a shot on goal until halfway through the second period. So then when Steph sends me, oh, yeah, by the way, it, the next game was two to one, and then Oshawa won the game after that. Like what? I, it's how it, it looked like a peewee team against an NHL team when I went. Like I don't know how they lost a game. Must have been in Oshawa, thrown off. Yeah, the secondhand <laughs> smoke. No, they got, <laughs> just made everyone high. Probably got threatened between the first and second period outside. Oh jeez, probably. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. See, I wouldn't. I, I'd feel bad, but Steph agrees with me on this stuff. I used to live oh there, so God. I can say this. Oshawa is horrible, guys. Like, don't move here. And <laughs> to- Topi Niemela has a goal and an assist in his first two games with the Marley. Yes. Oh, nice. Do you think we'll see nice. uh, Niemela and um, the other one next year? Hervenen. Hervenen. Um, they'll probably still, un- unless there's major changes over the offseason, they'll probably still have to marinate a little bit down the Marlies. Mm, marinated Finnish defenseman <laughs> and forward. Nice. Do we have time <laughs> for that last question or save it for next time? Oh, what's the question? It was a start bench cut question. Oh, I missed that. Oh, our friend Mikey D is taking a note from Chris Hurley. So start bench cut. This is very difficult. The Simpsons, Family Guy, and South Park. Okay. Not difficult whatsoever. Not difficult. We're going to start Family Guy. (laughs) We're going to bench South Park, and we're going to cut The Simpsons. Oh, Oh. this is absurd. Oh, everyone's offended. You're too young. No, (laughs) I'm not. I'm just taking into account that there are like, what, 43 seasons of The Simpsons, and like seven of them are good. So 
you are starting The Simpsons, you're benching South Park, and you're cutting Family Guy because it's just a knockoff of The Simpsons. Uh, the only difference is Family Guy has been consistently funny for the last 14 seasons or 15, whereas The Simpsons has not been since 2005. And it's still on the air. Like, I'm taking into account the amount of unwatchable Simpsons seasons that are available on this Disney+. Plus. Like, if we're talking nothing after season, like, nine happened, I would say the first seven are gold. Then, yeah, the first seven seasons of The Simpsons during what would be the first, like, four or five seasons of Family Guy, hands down, Simpsons is better. So South Park, I'm just going to I'm just gonna say, South Park, I'm like... <laughs> I haven't seen enough of it. I've seen a few episodes and I, it's funny. I just never got into it. So that's why I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt that what I have seen is good and it's been on forever and they're good at commentary because they can make an episode in a week. So I'm going to bench them, but I'm starting Family Guy because I don't know. I like Family Guy. I always have. I like how you're talking about 30 years of unwatchable stuff in a city that has the senators. <laughs> <laughs> They have the 67s, though. Do I host a sense <laughs> podcast? No, no, but it's just funny. So, what do you guys uh, think? 67s oh, I mean, are old. Starting The Simpsons, then South Park, and we're cutting Family Guy. Oh. Simpsons, Family mm-hmm. Guy, South Park. Starting Simpsons, Bench, and Family Guy, cutting South Park. I say this is hard because I appreciate how much the Simpsons predicts and it's OG, right? OG to all what we're talking about. Simpsons came first and I'm, I've started watching it from season one and I'm still on season one, but it's (laughs) (laughs) only, only show to start the pilot with a Christmas episode. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, Fucking dog dancer, whatever. Santa's little helper. Santa's little helper. Yeah. What what am I thinking? I also appreciate all the references from Family Guy and they're more up to date. Well, I haven't watched any new Simpsons. Keep that in mind. So this is bias right now. And like I kind of reference a lot of Family Guy in my normal speak. So and then it's just so funny and crude and I like also, the confidence and absurdity in Family Guy. Their confidence to break the fourth wall and be like, they'll comment on what they're doing in the episode. Like it's been on long enough that they can be like, "Wait, are we actually doing this? Like this isn't not no 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 no. Like scratch this. This guys, stop for a sec. This is not this episode." And they'll like redo something, or like how they'll bring in like a clip from some show from like the '60s and play it for two minutes. Be like, yeah, we're like you're- "Ladies and gentlemen." Conway Twitty. Well, the Conway Twitty <laughs> was the first one, but there's one that they just did recently where they play this show from it's like the entire intro and into the episode of some show from I think the 60s or 70s. And it's like a minute and a half to two minutes, and they just let the whole thing play out. And it's like, what are we doing? Like, I just mm-hmm. part of that that's what gets me about that show is just the absurdity. Simpsons has been doing the same thing for too long. Their Star Wars episodes are top-notch, too. Oh, yeah. They definitely have that going for them. Okay, I'm going to start Family Guy, cut Simpsons. Or no, start... Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) This is hard. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to start Family Guy. I'm going to bench Simpsons and cut South Park. And it hurts. 
South Park's one of those ones where every time I see it on TV, I'll put it on, and it's an episode that I've seen before, and I've only seen like 10 episodes of that show, and there's hundreds. For some reason, it's always the same ones that are on TV. I've seen Make Love Not Warcraft like 35 times. <laughs> it's a great episode. Just like uh, yelling in a Cartman voice. What can I say? Uh, it's the best thing ever. So. Yeah. I uh, I picked a weird time to try to get back into it. I was like, oh, you know what? I got to give South Park a shot. And I start an episode and it's like the whole intro is, you know, come on down to Tegrity Farms. And I was like, what is happening? I picked a really weird time to jump back into this. <laughs> oh, I got some in my head. weed and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well... Oh. The, the problem is from all three shows, there's such quotable things, right? Oh, yeah. Like you can reference yeah, everything. So it's so hard. But thanks That's for the question, it. Mikey. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're out of here. Have a good night, a good day, whenever you listen to this. And uh, go Leafs, go. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. We love you, Marty.